and welcome to Life with Legends. I'm Justin Bell. History is a funny old thing, isn't it? Because when we reflect back on history, no matter the subject, it is easy to focus on the central figure and forget that to simply operate on a daily basis, there must have been key people who helped the star of the show function. People so close to the source that they are truly sole witness to the making of aforementioned history. The supporting role in the movie of someone else's life, so to speak. One such person is Brenda Verner, who for many years was the legendary Enzo Ferrari's personal assistant based at the factory in Modena, the only woman amongst 199 men working there at the time. Imagine that. Well, I've known Brenda for many years, thanks to her friendship with Dad since he was at Ferrari in 1970 racing in Formula One. So when the opportunity came to spend a morning with Brenda at her friend's house in West Palm Beach right after the Ferrari Cavallino event, I thought, what a great idea. Let me take Dad with me as a surprise. Brenda is 90 now, but sharp as a knife and still faithfully loyal to the old man. But what a lovely experience, talking to someone that was right there as Ferrari took off. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode, because the Brendas of this world won't be with us forever, and their first-hand stories are too intimate and special to pass by undocumented. The lady who worked with Ferrari. Enjoy. Do you sing when you paint? Yeah, I'm sure. Did you sing a lot growing up? She's terrible. I was then growing up. I sing. I sing that many. No, no, they love me. They do love you. Ah. So anyway, Brenda, I'm so glad that we got to do this. When I saw you at Cavallino, it was perfect, didn't it? And I said to Dad, you won't believe who I just saw. I got off the stage. They all go. There you were with your arms up. I thought, well, it's more attention than I thought I was going to get. But of course, as soon as I saw you, I was like, you've got to be able to see Dad. Yes. That's the most yes. important part of, of being here. The best couple in the world. Ah, I know. <laughs> so so you're, you came over for well, Cavalino. Yes. And you're staying for three weeks. Yes. And is With it just nice to see everybody? See, yes. You know, it's the first time I've been out of uh, Maranello for three years. Is it? Since really? COVID. Wow. Wow. I know this. So I thought I'd bring Dad because the point of this, this series is called Life with Legends. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I sat with Mario and I sat with Jackie, which was very enlightening. And, and I'm, I'm doing Jeff Gordon next week. And I'm kind of getting all the guys and the younger ones. The, old, the olders are the better. Older ones are better. Are yeah. well, the older ones are a little more important yeah. because, um, you know, it's like I did Panelli Jones yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a month, four months ago. And he'll never probably be heard in public again. Yes. You know, um, no, so I've got, and, and the whole <laughs> point of it is not to, it's not to have, um, to talk about like with the drivers about what race they did. No, and it's really to find out stories behind it all. And that's what, uh, as that's what it's all about. So when dad goes to any Ferrari event, the biggest, I mean, any event in the world, the first thing they want to talk to you about is, what it was like driving for Enzo. That's right. Yeah, so, I mean, that, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, whatever way you look at it, Ferrari is the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest name in motorsport history and the history of cars. And especially having met him and got to know him and, you know, just how everything reacted. I mean, the stories of being with him um, and going to his place at Bellaria Adriatico with lunch with Chris. Yes. You know, I mean, if you, 
in my first year there, I, I just remember so well, I was only there, I went, arrived in June, and I was given a couple of Formula 3, Formula 2 races, three Formula 2 races, and got, had some good results, basically. And, um, but, you know, apparently if you got, if you did Le Mans, oh, sorry, you did the Italian Grand Prix, which I did and Chris did and Jackie did, um, and afterwards you were invited to go to lunch with Mr. Ferrari on the Sunday. And if you were invited to his house in Bellaria on the Sunday, that meant that you were going to get the contract for the next year. So Chris and I were invited to go on the Sunday. So we went across in his Alfa Romeo to Bellaria Adriatico, and I believe I'm right, Sonia was there cooking, and, and Enzo was walking around this small place on the beach in Bellaria Adriatico, near Rimini. And that was sort of, you know, sort of welcome to Ferrari, to be honest. Amazing. And of course, all during that time, I'd met young, and young Miss Brenda, Senora Brenda. So, <laughs> how long were you actually with Enzo? Uh, I was with him from 77 until 83, 84. Wow. So, so why didn't I meet you? I, I was there in 68. Yes, Where were you, you then? I was, uh, I was teaching you? English in modern. Well, there you are. She was around. Yeah. I was around. So I knew her, but I knew you while I was at Ferrari. Yes, I, mean, I know because in those sixty-eight, sixty-nine. But you weren't because working Piero for Ferrari. was my student. Piero ah. Ferrari was my student. So and I used to go to the house quite a lot for lunch uh, with the family. I did a lot for the family with Piero's mother. I used to go and look after her. Uh, she has a house in Sierra Mazzoni, and the old man asked me if I would go and keep her company. So I used to go to work and then go up to Sierra Mazzoni and stay with her at the weekend. Amazing. Wow. So that's how it started. And he no, just no, no. I tell you what, Mike Parks my sort of boyfriend, if you can say that, uh, lived no. in the same block of flats that Piero lived in with his mother and his wife and daughter. So I used to, and the old man used to come every evening to visit them. Yeah. And lots of times as Mike and I were coming out or going in, we, we met him. Yeah. And he, he said to me one, one evening, you know what? I think I might take you as my secretary. And I said, I think you must be nuts. Anyway, it, uh, that was it, finished there. And then Mike had his bad accident and unfortunately died. And about a week later, the old man called me. The telephone rang and I'd just taken the dogs out and I was angry with them because they were making me angry. I picked up the pronto. And I heard a voice. This is Enzo Ferrari. Are you angry? Uh, angry? No, I'm not angry. He says, well, uh, what about coming to work for me? I said, oh, I don't know about that. He said, well, come tomorrow at Fiorano and we'll talk about it. So I went the next day in the afternoon to Fiorano at three o'clock in the afternoon. We had a long talk. He said, right, I'll take you on trial for three months. And that's how it was. That was it. years later? Yeah. So... It, when you go to these events, I'm also thinking about it, people must want to talk to you, like I do, yes. about who he was. Yes. Because there's the myth, isn't there? And yes. there's obviously the man. Yes. And you got to see both. I got to see both. In but action. I remember him saying to me, remember, when you come to work for me, you've got to be like the monkeys. Hear no evil, see no evil, mm -hmm. speak no evil. Yeah. And lots of people, you know, ask me certain questions. I said, sorry, I don't know. Yeah. And I've been really faithful to the old man in this respect. 
All the way through. All yeah. the way through. Mm. When, um, at that point, obviously Ferrari racing was so, it was such a massive part of what they did. Also making the world's most beautiful yeah, cars. We, we were winning. You were winning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did he balance the road car side? As a man, when he came in the office, what would make him most... Formula One. Formula One, yes. He was happy because if you didn't sell road cars, you couldn't race. He got the money from the road cars to race in Formula One. And if he didn't sell them, he didn't race. So that's what pushed him. Yeah, yeah. What, would I be right, and, and she's going to shoot me down probably, but would I be right, and I, I was led to believe much later on, in more recent years, like the last 10, 15 years, that the his concessionaires around the world, like Jack Swatters and Marinello concessionaires, and what's the gentleman's name in it, in, in America, they all contributed yes. more than the fact they sold the Ferrari cars. They contributed to the racing program because Damn. in their interests that racing should take place because it was good for their PR value. So they actually put, invested in Ferrari racing uh, as part from buying the cars. Yes. They invested in the racing program or whatever it was. I heard this from various sources yeah, I've been around a long time well, they're, now. They were all his best friends, that's why. That's right, they were all his best friends. They were and they wanted to be part of the family. What was the American one um, in New York? It's just, uh, uh, Canetti. Canetti. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I spoke to Canetti yesterday. Right, I'm 80 years old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. that's right. And, and so as, so when we watched movies like Ford versus Ferrari and things, you didn't watch it? I saw it, but I went with the mechanics in Maranello yeah. to see it. And they all sat there. We got up and walked out because they kept saying, that's not right. That's not his helmet. The old man never went out of Modena. So, and they, they showed him at Le Mans. That's what that said. That it's ridiculous. <coughs> he suffered with claustrophobia. He wouldn't go in a lift. If he could, if he went in an airplane. Really? He never went out of Modena. So you just couldn't handle them then? We didn't. There were so many mistakes that so we got up and walked out. God, isn't that crazy? But you enjoyed it. No, not desperately. Mm. No, I mean, I had to go and see it, quite obviously, because well, it was we part of my life. we had to go and see it, yes. But I, my feeling was that uh, I thought the, the, the basic story of the battle of what it was as a team to make, to, you know, who, yeah. who was going to run the Ford team, and we all knew who was going to run the Ferrari yeah. team, but that, that background industrial story was correct, because I believe it was like that, and yeah. the backbiting, and we all need your driver, and that sort of thing went on. But I must, to be very honest, I, I thought the driving side of it was disappointing. Mm -hmm. I thought that, you know, the shifting gears and driving into corners, it was very, very immature and sort of was out of date with what racing was mm -hmm. really like. You only had to see other films that have been made over the years to realize that it had to be more realistic. So I, I was disappointed in, yeah. in the sheer, you know, oh, I'm going to, oh, they're calling me in the pits and you just turn, turn right and go in the pits. Yeah. That doesn't but it happen. was good for people to understand. It was everybody, yes, yeah. yes, and understand what, a little bit. Yes, it's not for purists. No, exactly. But you know what it is. When we know what it's all about, then we will criticize. Totally, mm. totally. Same way as if you were a pilot and you were watching yeah. Top Gun. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. What the hell yeah, are they no, doing? Exactly. I remember. I mean, you know, Tom, Tom Christensen, and I sort of just looked at each other during the movie and went, what is this? <laughs> yeah, okay. and, but the fact was, it appealed to the general public 
and made them understand more what racing was like. But actually, it wasn't really like that because yeah. it was much more demanding Money. than it showed. But so there was a story. Been that happy with the. But what would Enzo have thought about him being betrayed? <laughs> He'd never have watched it. He really. wouldn't have watched it. No. That's right. I mean, when he knows he, he never goes anywhere. He's never been out of Modena. And why would they put him in Le Mans? Isn't that crazy? Crazy. Just so they could he wouldn't, wouldn't even go in a lift because he suffered with claustrophobia. Yeah. I remember when he, he took me home one evening. I lived where Chris Amon lived, with Jonathan Williams lived. I lived on the eighth floor. And I always remember he said to me, what floor are you on? I said, the eighth floor. He went, oh, call me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> And was he, what kind of a boss was he? Did he? Oh, well, he, he was quite strict. Was he very? When he wanted something, he wanted it. And, you know, you couldn't say, ever say no to the old man. Yeah. I remember once, because um, I used to do all the translations for the Formula One teams, you know, all the telexes. And, yeah. I, and I had to translate them. And then the old man would reply in Italian. I had to translate that. And he used to come and watch me on the, the, the telex machine. And he'd ask me, how does it work? What do you have to do to say this? Anyway, I remember once <clears throat> he told me to put something somewhere, put that there and do that, which I did. And I took it to Cavallino while he was having lunch. He looked at it and he threw it up in the air. He said, ah, 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 ah. I said, Ingeniere, may I say something, please? <laughs> He said, I said, you told me to put that there, and I've put it there. You told me to move this and put that there, and I've done it. Hmm. Send it. That really? was it. Never yeah. apologised. <laughs> Never said really thank you. No, no, that was him. Mm. And when he was, <clears throat> I mean, what was the, that you were so obviously intimately involved in running his life, I'm sure. So what was an average day like for him? Because we only know it. You know it from having met him when, you know, seeing every him day. those moments every day. Yeah. But what was his everyday life like? Because everyday life was he got up in the morning, got dressed, uh, went to the barbers in Modena. Really? Had a shave yeah. and that is the hair done. Then he went to the cemetery to say hello to his son and his wife. Amazing. And then at 11 o'clock he, he'd go back to the office in Trento Trieste. If there was somebody there or he had an appointment. And then he'd come to Maranello at 11 o'clock, every morning at 11 o'clock. And then uh, he'd have until lunchtime. At lunchtime he'd go to Fiorano, where he has his cook. He had his lunch there. And he stayed there until 6 or 7. She talks about Fiorano. Fiorano. What about Modena, <laughs> where we used to sit? That's where the I went. Modena, yes. I used that, to go. Like, where the wall was, all the way around, like the yeah, city wall. Yeah, when Bandini was there and Scafiotti used to come, we used to go to the... Modena uh, circuit. Mike was there. Derek was there. I used to go and watch them. No facilities at all. Really, Don't, just nothing. like three, three little. It was like Le Mans many years ago. Yeah. Never, no toilet, no nothing. No, no, no absolutely nothing. Nothing. I've, I've got a fabulous picture of me sitting in the Formula One for my Formula One test. <laughs> I'm sitting in the car, and next, standing next to it, Mara Forgeri, who I always had a great respect for and enjoyed his company, and. Uh, He's just looking down at me in the cockpit of the car and I'm about to go out for my first ever drive in a Ferrari. But there's no Formula One Ferrari. There's nobody else. I mean, there were no people. No, no, there, no. Were, there was probably two mechanics and a trailer, but there was nothing. And the pit lane, such as it was, was absolutely deserted. And it's almost a black and white photograph. And he's looking at me like this. And it, I have to tell you what actually happened. He leant into the cockpit. He did make sure my seatbelts were tight. Because the first time I'd had seatbelts in a race car was 68. 
and he pulled and he pulled down on the belt and he looked into me and he said Derek he said you he said if you crash the car the last time you ever drive a red car maybe a green car which was the national colors of a British team but never another red car and I went off going oh lovely and I sort of drove around the track and it was piddling with water and then I had intermediates because the wet tires were coming back from the German Grand Prix and I went through the, into that, through the little chicane and around this long left-hand curve and as I went round there sort of feeling my way because I'd never driven there in the wet before and I'd never driven a Formula One before so I'm driving around and as I go round there is a two plus two sitting there <laughs> with the sort of condensation coming out of the exhaust and Enzo sitting in it watching me and not only that but he was sitting on the outside of the corner so if I lost control I was going to take out El Comandatore on the way <laughs> and I had to go around and I had to make my mind I went oh god how far you know how crazy do I go you know how fast do you go the most important man in the world of motorsport sitting there judging whether I was good enough to really be in Formula One or I was really a waste of space and I went off and obviously and that fortunately in my life it was several times I've had a dilemma like that and somehow I always go just right, not too fast that I fall off because he's going to think I'm a complete moron. And another thing is I was not going too slowly that I was also a moron because I was a bit of a slow one. So I did my laps and I got my drive at the Gold Cup and so on. But that was the, my sort of, you know, baptism of fire into Formula One, if that's the right word. Crazy. Mm. What, was he, what was he like when he, because there were obviously all these group of amazing drivers, what was he like when he knew there was a, a new driver he wanted or he'd heard about? How? Because it, it was his choice, right? I mean, he... No, he was the only one he that was the only said one. yes or no. So did he get excited about it or no? No, really? never saw the old man excited. I was the only one excited when I saw him coming down the road. He, he was big in his and It was a Saturday morning. I wanted to go to the hairdressers and he happened to see me and he said, into the factory, and I went home at 12 o'clock at night. Really? Sending TEDxes to all the Formula One teams. So I had to go in, translate what he'd written, send every, you know, it takes a long time, the TEDxes, everyone to all, the, every single team. So who would have, did he have an attention for detail? Or did he just see things? <coughs> no, he saw things in the yeah. way. Yeah, no, he was very intelligent. He was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, now obviously history time passes and it makes us all look more fondly on everything in the past did his mechanics love him did they yes. respect they yeah, they respected him really yes they still do today yeah when they talk about the old I call him the old man yeah, yeah. and uh, you know they say he was the only one and we we miss him we yeah. miss him really yeah. we know you know his attention he had a lot of thought for people his workers especially was, you know, he had most of the workers from Maranello and round Modena, yeah. and he respected them. And if anyone needed anything, they had the courage to go to him, he would help them. Yeah. With, but without anybody knowing, he didn't want anybody to know. Well, there was a young boy in the, uh, in the design office, had a, a tumour. And he had to have an appointment with his special professor from Bologna Hospital. And he couldn't get one because, you know, being a professor was very famous. If you're just Tom Digger now, you don't no. get it. So when the old man found out, he, he said to me, phone Professor Pinkapalini in Bologna, I phoned him. I got an appointment for the boy. 
the boy was operated on, and I think the old man paid for it, I'm not sure. Yeah. He's earth still today. Mm. It's a young boy. So his kindness came through in oh, yes. private ways. Yes, yes, but he didn't want anybody to know. Mm. Nobody should know what he does. He gave a lot of money to charity too. If I think and inter interject, yeah. I think, you know, I th A, I want to ask you what you met Enzo. We went, thanks to, yeah. to Brenda getting us an invitation to see him in mm -hmm. three or four years before he passed yeah. away. Yeah. And uh, also, you know, what you thought of that meeting of him, yeah. but, uh, you know, how he came over to you as a sort of, yeah. a, as a, such a major personality or <coughs> character or mentor of motorsport really it was amazing because we went down there um with my mum and um i just started doing formal football so dad was and he, he knew enzo was probably you know within the last couple of years so you're like let's go down and see it and we went through the workshop and the tile where you'd signed all those years it was really a great feeling and then you were we, lucky yeah then we go in the <laughs> office and his who was his consigliere? Well, it used to be Senor Gozzi, but I don't think it was. I don't know, it was no. someone there. Yeah. Dr. Gozzi. And dad's, all Dad said to me was, he, he looks like he doesn't speak English, doesn't understand it, but don't count on it. You know, don't listen. You know, don't, <laughs> he no, was no, very you. astute. I just speak <laughs> French with him all the time, so yes. I still don't know, but I swear he knew English. Yeah. No, no, so, he didn't. He didn't? Oh, right. Okay. He, well, it's good that he, kept he knew French. He, he understood French. French. Okay. So we went in, and you know, that big... The prancing horse yes, and crystal yes, was yes. there, and he's sitting. It was like a scene out of the very, very little things on very his just on, the on table. his desk. Yes, was his diary, his pen, the ink. That was it. So, photograph of his son yeah. on the wall. Yeah, and that was it. Dark, dark. Yeah. And we and we went in, and Dad, Mum, and I, and so they are just they're talking, and you're talking, you're talking in French. I remember yes. that. And then he said to me, "So, are you racing?" And I thought, you know, I've, this is my one chance. I've got to say something. I said, yes, I am. I've just started Formula Ford. Now, my dad was the last, my father was the last British driver to race for Ferrari in Formula One, and I want to be the next. And I was, yeah, like, but, God, like this. But he actually said, he said I, I, I will be watching. He said, I'll be watching. And he went, Ben, to yeah, do Ben yeah. or something. And then he, out of his drawer, he yes. pulled out a, a Ferrari, the leather and wood key fold, yeah. you know, the, yeah, yeah. and a tie, which yeah. I still have today. Yeah. yeah. And I do too. Yes. Yeah, was no, he was. Really? He was. No, he was. He, he, was, a, he seemed to yeah. be, uh, you know, a strong, a very strong person and no heart. That was not true. No. If you knew the real Ferrari. So, because legend has it that he insulated himself from the drivers that died and the, the risk and the. So how? But you must have seen those moments. You saw the text, the phone call. Someone had died in his car or another car. How did that it, moment happen? Nothing. It was Monday morning was the same. Like when we lost. Mm -hmm. Everybody had their doors shut. Nobody <laughs> opened the door. The old man came in, bonjourna, bonjourna, and that was it. He mm -hmm. went into his office. He kept to himself. Same when Jill died, which was very, very important for him. Do you remember that? Thing? Yep. What, how did that go? Again? Terrible. Was it? It was the same thing. We all closed our doors. Nobody came out. Silence. Yeah. Just it was too magnet. It was too massive a moment. Too big a moment because he was very attached to Jill. Mm -hmm. And you must have seen it. In I've him. seen him. Yeah, mm -hmm. you must have seen the 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 toll that it took. Yeah, on. Wait, silence. Yeah. Complete silence. 
you were afraid to even ask him anything, you know. Mm. But there we yeah. are. What do you, how do you think about that? Because you, as one of the drivers that could have dry, died, mm. you didn't. But you know, how do you, how do you think that would have? Um, oh, I, I, um, all I can say is on the lead up to going to Ferrari, I, I remember I had a lot of opposition from my family. And um, I mean, a real one, right? This story well, is a, it's story. more about you than me. But I mean, I literally, I, I was reading magazines, building, you know, during that year of motorsport. And I remember there was a magazine, there was a picture of Enzo Ferrari on the front and a picture of a burning car in the background. And it said, the man that kills his drivers. Yes, that's true. Do you remember that? I mean, I'm going, yeah, I go, Jesus. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, you know, I'm just, I, I've been offered a drive <laughs> with this man, you know, and my family are reading this stuff. And family are very obviously uh, possessive about their their kids and stuff. And they, I mean, I remember my mum was so sick. Yeah, I, well, yeah your mum was very sick. Um, it was in hospital. I came back from my test drive at Monza, mm -hmm. which I had, and I got the summons. You will now go down to Modena and you'll meet Enzo. And the next day I met Enzo, which is another story, wonderful story nonetheless. And literally, um, I, I came back to England. And then three weeks later, I was in a race. I had a couple of more test days, that sort of thing. And I, and, and I came back uh, to, to Mont and we did, and we did the race there. And um, I remember there was, uh, I was involved in a multiple crash. To this day, we don't know who started it, but there were all a big group coming around the Barabolica. I was about fourth. I had been on pole. Uh, a position and I kept, we coming around. The Dino was never very quick in speed. Top, it, it was fast once you got it going, but it, it wasn't, didn't, wasn't powerful like the Cosworths. And I was coming out in the middle of the pack and suddenly I got touched or something and I spun around. There was no reason to spin unless you were hit because we used to go two abreast around it. And all, so two Ferraris went out in the crash. My own Brabham that Peter Westbury was in went out in the crash. And that was it. And I thought, well, you know, it's the end of my time at Ferrari. And I hadn't signed a contract because I was too damn nervous. And I remember, so it was all over, went back to England, and I was very worried because Jean-Pierre Jusso was badly injured and so on and so forth. I thought, well, that's it. You know, we rode three Ferraris off that day. And I drove, and it was not my fault, but I was the one that started the first one with two of them. I go, I can't believe this. I thought, well, I'll never get a contract now. And the next thing is, um, I get walk back into the house, and my mother's standing in the kitchen with Pam's mother, and they both used to drink for the county. And um, they were slapping away there and they both looked at me sort of at six o'clock at night and said, we have a telex here from Ferrari saying, come to Italy and sign your contract. And uh, they said, if you sign that contract, you'll never walk in this house again. <laughs> and that's how I had to start my life with Ferrari. And I mean, you know, I've talked about it before, but... But my really... mum was saying you have to do it. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, but I went to the hospital where Pam was in hospital at night. And uh, she said, oh, and I thought, oh, Christ, I knew she was ill very poorly with um, colitis. colitis. <clears throat> and uh, so I went in and she was sitting up in bed in the hospital and she had a stone smiling away and she said, so how was it? And I said, oh, everything's great. But I said, um, I you know, had the mothers on to me today. And she, she said, well, what, what do you mean? I said, well, I've been offered a contract. I've got to go and sign. She said, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. So I told her the story. She said, oh, you've got to do it. So that was it. So I went and did it and we survived the rest. I never heard another word about it. But, you know, I think it was just the fact they were having a good time that afternoon. <laughs> and uh, <coughs> that was it. And um, that, but that was how my time with Ferrari started. But we were all nervous about this 
this this impression, impression yeah. but the, the, about Ferrari drivers getting hurt, and it, it was it obviously. But as a, going to Ferrari, as I just said, was the greatest thing, and I I said to everybody, and there were some major team owners that said to me, you know, he'll kill, he'll ruin your career. John Wire, Ken Tyrrell. And I think John Cooper, I know John Cooper, and they said, he'll ruin your career. Going to Ferrari will ruin your career. And I thought, you know, you're probably right, but it could easily be my career was going to be over anyway. <laughs> so I went, because I, you know, in those days, you didn't have sponsorship. You, you, was, you know, you went and if you somebody came along, person. you know, a team brought in another driver, well, you know, I bought money to support him your way, and I didn't have any money behind me. And uh, so that was it. So I sort of followed up. Ferrari was the way to go because I wanted to go to Ferrari anyway. Mm -hmm. what, a, what an honor. You, yeah. I mean, I've said it before, but you know this. Any driver out there would like to drive for like, you. Lewis Hamilton right now would give his eye teeth to yeah. But he can't get out of the Mercedes rigmarole and he's in a car that's really good. But he would love to have done a, seat, a year or two at Ferrari yeah. just for the experience. Mm -hmm. You look at the drivers who went there. Apparently Senna was coming to us. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sort of surprised he didn't go there before, but I can't remember how well Ferrari were going at the time because Senna wasn't going to go unless he had a good car. And of course, it's all like this: which team is the better one? Mm. So he probably was holding yeah. on to see a bit of yeah. well, his future. One day there was a knock on my door, and I said, "Oh, Auntie, open the door." There was Gerhard Berger with Senna. Yeah, I said, "You're nuts! Coming here, they didn't have a." a a Fiat car, they had a, I don't know, and nobody was allowed in Ferrari if they had a different car. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yes, and these two, Senna and my, both from McLaren, in, in, I said, what the hell are you doing here? And Gerhard said, well, it was raining in Imola. Uh, I said, let's go and see Brenda. <laughs> and they both turned up. It's the first yeah. time I met Senna, lovely guy, yeah, lovely really. guy. Yeah. Did, did, uh, did you get any impression of what uh, Enzo would have felt about Senna? Well, Enzo would have gone berserk if he didn't know both of them were oh, there. Really? Yeah. I mean, he'd have liked it, wouldn't he? <laughs> I oh, don't he think so. Well, he might have done, done might have played, I don't know. But, you know, to, Gerke, Berger was our driver. He'd just left and gone to McLaren. Oh, well, Senna was with McLaren and both doing in Ferrari. I don't know how they got in. That's... I don't know how they let they them They probably in. used your name, Brenda. Probably, I don't know. <laughs> did, I mean, I'd like to them. That's, did, um, so which of the drivers, I mean, obviously Mike Parks, that was a, more well, than a friendship, but yeah. who, who were the other, I mean, obviously you love my dad, but who, who else did you really like? All of them. They're all, all them. my boys. Yeah. I call them my boys. I've written a book called My Boys. Have you? Yes, a little, little book. They're supposed to be publishing it. Where I talk about them all, their jokes. I mean, Renny Arnoux was... Oh, God, drove you nuts. He's yeah. a lovely guy. They're all lovely guys. Yeah. I used to do everything. I washed their overalls, packed their bags, booked their hotels, did their fan mail. I did everything for them. And then they gave uh, their girlfriends... My telephone number, you know, I get a phone call where somebody say, hello, and I say, excuse me, who are you? He said, oh, didn't uh, Gerhard tell you, or didn't Pinka Palino tell you? I said, no. He said, well, I'm so-and-so and so-and-so. Mm, this week. But you yeah. did do it, didn't you? <laughs> but you always helped out, didn't you? Always. Yeah, if I couldn't did. do it, I'd say, I'm sorry, yeah, I can't yeah. do it. But I did everything. Uh, Jill slept at my house. He was testing in Fiorano one, uh, one weekend, one day. And he said to me, um, 
have you got a bed at your house? I said, of course I've got a bed in my house. He said, right, I'm coming to sleep in it tonight. <laughs> he came, it was August, it was boiling hot, and I didn't have air conditioning in those days. <clears throat> he came, I cooked him uh, tortellini with cream sauce, beef steak and chips, and he had fruit, water, he only drank water. Then he was studying for his... Uh, uh, helicopter pilot's license. He went into the sitting room. He studied for about half an hour, half past ten. So I'm going to bed. I gave him my bed. I slept on the divan. Called him half past seven in the morning. Got up, had a shower. What do you want for breakfast? Nothing. Glass of water. Glass of water, and then he went back to the circuit. Oh. I said, I think I ought to put on my front door. Jovin Nerve slept here. <laughs> you should have done, especially on the head of your bed. That would have won a few. <laughs> that, would have, that would have been a little daunting for whoever went there next. <laughs> um, talk about food and drink. What would, what would, you said yesterday to me, and, or Saturday, I mentioned, oh, what did he eat? And you were like, oh, he loved tortellini. I mean, what was, was he a man of habit, Enzo? Did he, yes, did yes. He, he only ate certain things, because when he got to a certain age, certain things he couldn't eat. And he always used to have a test on a Friday for the doctors for his blood test and everything. If he's all right, then he'll have a little glass of whiskey. Mm. And I brought him whiskey from England, the Glen Grant yeah. he liked. Yeah. And I bought him peppermints because he liked peppermints. So the first time I bought him uh, the Glacier Mints, you know? Yeah. And he said to me, they're okay with the taste of nothing. So I said, right. So I got the extra ones strong. extra strong. <laughs> oh, yeah. He said, they're fine. And I used to send him extra strong, getting extra strong impediments from England. I used to phone the Ferrari in England, said, send me some more tablets. And they used to suck one every day. Mm. I watched, um, I watched the, I mean, I thought it was pretty bad, actually. The Lamborghini is a documentary yeah. movie. I haven't seen it. Don't, I wouldn't run. Um, it was very lightly done. It yeah. was, it, but it was more, it was from the Lamborghini side and it is an amazing story yes he did you know he did that arguments he just did but that was a real time rivalry right yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they always used to say you drive tractors you don't drive cars yeah but surely in in reality ferrari was still known as the car manufacturer yes and lamborghini yeah. was known as the tractor, tractor manufacturer yeah. agricultural. and i i think it's only because they're in the same vicinity that they yeah. they they built their cars. Otherwise, I don't think there would have been. And, and obviously, one was trying to prove he was better than the other. In you should just, watch it. It's on Netflix. Oh yeah. Well, okay, I'll have a look at yeah. it. But anyway, I can't say any more than that. But I just think that <coughs> Ferrari, whatever anybody else tried to compete with, he was still Ferrari, or it was yeah. the Ferrari name, yeah. and that was unique. Always will be. Yeah, and I'm sure, being Enzo Ferrari, he. I mean, you're at the top, so everybody wants to have a crack at you, right? Everybody. Yeah. In Formula One, yeah, you're the else. target. Yeah, you're the yeah, target. Yeah. Absolutely. Did, did he? Um, <clears throat> so when it came to the road cars, obviously that's where it all started. What was his? What do you think? Is if he if he had to take one car from everything he ever made in his lifetime, what was his favourite car? What do you think it was? I don't know. He drove a three thirty GTC. That's why he used to pick you up in, right? No, he came more in the two plus two. The th the th uh, well, because it's smaller the, yeah, the GTC was, a, was really a two-seater but there were only yeah. two of us so it wouldn't matter but yeah. I just remember him really in a bigger car bigger than, car in the, yeah. in the two plus yeah. two but mm -hmm. that didn't say he didn't drive everything 
I don't think he ever said he had a private car. No. But I mean, he used to change every. I mean, in his later days, he used to. He had a um, Renault gave him a car oh, okay. uh, to try out. It was the first one that had. Um, you're short of uh, petrol. The petrol's down. It, 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 it said everything. You, you need uh, more air in your tyres. And he was fascinated by yeah, all these sure things. He was, yes. okay, he never had it before. <coughs> so he said to them, I will buy it from you. He said, no, we'll give it to you as a print. No, 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 no. He said, I will pay half, 50%. Really? Yeah. You could never give him anything. He sure. wanted, to, yes, he always wanted to pay mm -hmm. for everything. Yeah. Did, um, do you think, how would he view... The tech, he would enjoy the technology in new Ferraris, do you think? If he liked the technology. I don't know, he relied a lot on Forgieri. Mm. Did he? Yeah, he trusted yeah. Forgieri. Yeah. But he would have enjoyed. Probably. If he liked it, yes. If he didn't yeah. like it, he'd say, mm. that's a load of shit. <laughs> would he really? He just straight out the designers. Always. Yeah. Right to the point. Yeah, which probably makes people know where they stood. And, well, and, that's why they yeah. got good cars. No, yeah, that's why. Actually, you heard what I said last night. I prefer the old cars. I think the new cars, to me, they all look the same. They're they haven't same. got that style that they used no, to have. You can't tell one from the you other. You can't tell one from the other. And they don't put on the back anymore what they are, what they yeah. used to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. So, you know, one of the things that is incredible to me you know last year 75 years of ferrari and the, you know the anniversary and and i was at pebble beach and yeah. it was it was really very special uh to, to see that um do you think he would be what do you think he'd make of the huge passion for ferrari i mean it was alive when he was there but it was like you were in the moment you were in the, the yes thing, but now it's with reflection it's bigger than it ever was you know, his legend is bigger than it was. What would he make of all this? About I don't think he'd make a lot of difference. For him, it was just Ferrari. They'd sell, and he was happy they sold Ferraris because if they didn't sell Ferraris, he couldn't race in Formula One. That's mm. where the money came from. Mm. As mm. long as they're selling, then he was happy because he was more interested in Formula One. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was his thing. That was mm. his thing, yeah, Formula One. What did he think about Le Mans so when the sports cars were going? I mean, that was a big well, topic, wasn't it? Well, they won it a few times, yeah. They won it, yeah. I mean, again, racing, he probably just loved the fact they were pure and, yeah. and won races. Well, it, but he used it to... It proving two things. Sorry. Yes. It was proving, I mean, he could re re do sprint races, if you like, and then endurance, mm. and the cars would last. And they had a record of winning at Le Mans. I mean, yeah. the year I went with Ferrari was my first ever time at Le Mans, 1970, uh, wasn't it? I think. <laughs> and, um, you know, we finished the race. Yeah. And... Um, Actually, I was, no, that's right, I was in the, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was in the 512. Mike Parks, I remember that was the next year when I drove a Daytona and I was catching him up towards the finish for fourth place mm -hmm. or third in the class and I didn't make it. But that doesn't matter, but I know Mike and I drove to get against each other. But the 512 was the year before that. And I mean, you know, the car was, was great at the moment. I mean, it survived, really. Was very strong. Yeah. Well, that's what he used to say. He said, like today, I'm always arguing with the Ferrarista because most of them prefer Leclerc. And I love Sainz. I think he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good driver. And I said, you forget we have two drivers in Ferrari, not one. And I said, you must remember what Mr. Ferrari used to say. It's more important that a Ferrari wins. It doesn't matter who's driving it <coughs> as long as Ferrari yeah. wins. That was, his, that was his 
whole. You tell the Federalista that, though. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. Do you. So there you are, you worked for him for the, that period of time. Why did you leave? Why did you stop working there? I retired. You did? You had yes. this retirement time. I t- no, I could have stayed on, but Montezemolo made me leave. Okay. He told Piero, when I was 60, she's got to go. Hmm. Well, that'll do it. Yeah. No, if the old man had been there, yeah, that wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't no, have happened. Yeah, I could have stayed really. another five years. Yeah. Do you? Um, but he yeah. used to, not to say, he used to say Brenda talks too much. <laughs> so I said to Piero, at least I talk. I'm not like you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, just to give people a perspective, this was a, a phase of your life that you had no premonition would happen. No. You're in. You're a teacher. I I, te- I taught English. And there's that. You've learned Italian. I. I, I learned Turner because I took an all pair job in Bologna first, teaching a year, little four-year-old boy wow. to learn English, I, I, to learn Italian. I didn't know a word. I remember once the father said to me, he wanted a grembule, you know, not grembule. And I ran into the kitchen to the cook and I said, grem, grem, grem. So they said, grembule. And this is how I learned my Italian. I still don't speak perfect Italian. But when somebody says to me, you're there, I said, do you speak English? They say, no. I said, well, shut up then. (laughs) (laughs) He must have liked, I mean, obviously you speaking Italian was... was Yeah, but she was the only, almost the only woman. I was the only woman. I was 199 men and me. And being, yes, nobody else there. (laughs) And I did everything. I worked for Foguieri, I worked for Cagliette, I worked for Tomaini, I did the old man's work, I worked for Piero, I did it. I looked after the drivers. Yeah, the old man wouldn't have a, le- a girl there, would he? No, he I didn't mean, want to. Really? Do. I mean, he didn't want women there because they put the men women. off work. Yeah. Maybe put him off work. Yeah. I mean, no one But probably I, I taught, uh, Piero was my student, hmm. 20 million, probably because, I, and with the mother I was very uh, friendly. With the whole family, I've, I've done everything for the whole family. Okay. I taught Enzo, I saw Enzo was there with his father, Giacomo. And uh, I taught the the, do- the daughter, Antonella, English. Who is the Ferrari member that, that, who's now the, 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 the surviving Ferrari named personality? He was, about a, he was about a cousin or a nephew, wasn't he? The one that's there now is around now. I met him at, in England at Blenheim Palace last year at a Ferrari event. Mm-hmm. His, name and his surname is Ferrari. But well, he, that may be Enzo, <coughs> great grandson. I'm sure his name wasn't Enzo. Giacomelli. I think that was more like it. He was like a bit surprised that he had the position and he was representing Ferrari. No, he has uh, the ex son in law of Piero, uh, has the um, Ferrari at, um, in uh, California. California. Yes, I know, I don't mean him. Mm. No, he's one Piero's. Piero's the new family member that's. Yeah, I uh, maybe it's I the daughter's it. new husband. Jack, he's called Giacobazzi. I thought his name was Ferrari, but no. No, Giacobazzi. Okay. But I know he sort of, he turned up at this dinner with the Ferrari PR guy, who I've got to know, whoever he, not got to know, but you, you know, you've yeah. seen him at events. And he introduced me and he said, you must come back to Marinello, we want to take you around. And the gentleman, the Mr. Ferrari that was there, who's probably 32, 34 years old, maybe a bit older. He's probably the, the daughter, he's, Piero's he, daughter. He seemed a bit sort of, Stunned by the fact he was, he was, there. He was the Ferrari, like, really? I'm the only one that's left, yeah. sort of thing. Wow. 
Apparently. I'll find his name. I was going to do it for you before, but I'll, I'll find his name. Wait a minute. I'm trying to think of it because it's Antonella's new husband, second husband, because uh, Giacomelli, not Giacomelli, Giacomo was there last night. The father of Enzo was there last night. And he has the uh, Ferrari at uh, Beverly Hills. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, I know and This him. one yeah. is called, he's a Giacobazzi, which is a very famed Giacobazzi. Yes. For the wine. Okay. He is the son. Okay. And I can't think of his <coughs> name. His, his, his surname isn't Giacobazzi. It'll come to me in a minute. Mm. No. But that's Antonella's yeah. new old man. We were trying to get a Ferrari dealership in Naples yeah. for some years because I own part of a Bentley yeah. dealership in Naples. And I, you know, the one dream was to ha be involved with a Ferrari dealership. But it seemed very much, I mean, this probably isn't for, for publishing, but we were put off by the fact that this particular gentleman you're talking about from Beverly Hills wanted the one in Naples as well. Yeah. So he was pitching in and we all felt well with the Forgear, not the Forgear, the Piero input, input, because he married Piero's daughter, correct? Yeah. He wasn't, uh, yeah. we wouldn't get a child hope in hell in Beverly Yeah, because Piero owns half with him in Beverly Hills. Well, there you are. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> I, was, I was just thinking as you're, you were talking about that, like for Enzo, in that period of time you were with him, and the business started to grow. Did he, did he believe his own status? Did he, you know, like you see in Formula One, everyone gets so self-important. He, he, he didn't. He stayed yeah, the same. Yeah, no, stayed the same. Really. He liked to joke. He's just a simple man. <clears throat> There's so much that doesn't match with the public persona that the, the media have made of it. Yes, we Compared to the guy, because you went for lunch he, with him he, and you... He basically hated the media, yes. I think. Oh, did he? Yes. Well, they gave him such a hard time. I mean, I remember, because I came in as a green young, not young, I was 25, 6, 7 or whatever, uh, but I remember arriving at Modena and I'm going to, which would be you at lunch or whoever I was with from the team at lunch, I've never eaten at the Cavallino on my own necessarily, because someone said, come on, let's go and eat. And um, it, it was just so obvious that the press were going, and, and everybody was really dis upset in the press. And the newspapers in Bologna or Autosprint, whoever the, the people were in that region, they really w were down on the drivers. I remember Chris Hayman getting really upset because they were giving oh, okay. him a hard time. They blame the drivers and give you a hard time, and you're going, and they're going, thank God I never actually got to be showed. If I had any potential, I think I was there too early in my career, to be honest, because it's only my fourth year. I think if I'd gone back two years later, when I think I got, I was more mature, I would have done better. But I, the way that the press treated Chris and the and Jackie X and the other guys that had been there was very unnecessary. Well, I tell you something about Chris. I looked after Chris. I did everything yeah. with Chris because yeah. he never spoke Italian. <clears throat> and I remember Monday morning after he'd raced, I used to. I have to get the newspaper, sports paper, and translate the article what that he used to write. Really? I, uh, yes, but you know what I did? I never... Said everything. Mm. I never said everything. I, I didn't uh, translate everything. Just you The nasty things, because I knew it upset him. Yeah. Really? Well, true. So, yeah. I, I and it was the same about all the drivers. I was just lucky that... <laughs> I don't know, she probably kept it from me. <laughs> but I wasn't there lo long enough, and whenever I went out, I was like on pole or something, invariably. But the fact was that they, I was being sort of, in my opinion, brought on for the next year, whatever that was, and I guess I didn't come up to scratch in the end. But, the, you know, the whole, he went out of racing in the middle of 69 and said, that's it, we're quitting. So everybody left Ferrari, Chris and everybody. 
and then they came back in with a flat 12. Yeah. Anyway, that's another story, but um, it was, you know, the press, really would, if yeah. I'd been, if I'd gone to live in, it, in Italy, which I probably should have done like Chris did, mm. no, but nobody lived in there, you know, lived in the tap. I mean, they lived at home and because yeah. the races were only every two to three weeks. So you're in Formula One, so they could go home and come back and do whatever. Yeah. But it was now latterly, everybody's had to live near the team so that they yeah. can test and go in and do simulators and all yeah. that stuff. I mean, there was a very different pressure to the drivers in to, to now. The old man only liked certain journalists. And mm. He would entertain them, but other, the others yeah. he just ignored. But yeah. I remember, Chris, he got a flat there in Modena. And I said, I used to go and uh, translate his things for him. I did, I did everything. You know, when he left, he left everything. A house with all the furniture, three cars outside. Yeah. Yeah. Three cars outside there was Alfa Romeo 500, and the police phoned me up and they said, if you don't come and take these away, we'll scrap them. And the furniture, instead of putting it into store, I would have to pay. Yeah. I took it. I have it in my house. No. That's oh, I have all Chris's place. Mm. I sleep in his bed, <coughs> all his furniture. I, I finished my new no, house in Maranello. I still have it. And yeah. you think this is the furniture for the late 60s. Yeah. I still have it. Amazing. So you still live in Maranello? Yes. The, what is your sort of relationship with Ferrari now? Is it not really? Non-existent. I still speak to Piero because he was my junior yeah. and I was his secretary. I still speak to him now and again. But other than that, I but like you said, I you went to watch the movie with the mechanics. Yeah, I went. That kind that, of thing. That's, yeah. yeah. If there's something going on, if there's something special for Ferrari, I go. But um, other than that, I went to the factory about two months ago because I had an appointment with Piero mm -hmm. and uh, they asked me for an identity card. Yeah. And I said to them, Where are we, Alcatraz? <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. then they said, you must sit there. I had to sit there. And they yeah, said, we get somebody to take you where you have mm. to go. You just got to go in and walk up. And they came about half an hour afterwards. And they said, uh, we're terribly sorry. We haven't got anybody to take you where you need to go. I said, well, don't worry. I know where I'm going. I'm going to my old office. They were like, oh. You, yeah. And you did? I did. Oh, great. And, and not I said, much is going to stop you. No, 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 no. But it's awful when you go to these places because you're, yes. you, you, you know, you don't. They don't know who the hell you are, and you go, no. actually, yeah, I raced. You know, not saying me because not yeah. anybody really knew me at Ferrari that much. But I mean, you know, when you go places and they don't recognise you, and you go, mm. but I drove for you twenty years ago, and you, and there's this moron on the gate who's security. When let you in? No, I don't. They really said, you and I said to Piero, listen, if you want to see me again, I'll see you outside in a yeah. coffee shop. I'm not going here again. Okay? I've never been mm. since I won't go. Mm. When I the... mean, I don't expect to be treated like the queen of what? Yeah, no, but I mean, Christ's mm. sake. Gosh. When was the last time you saw Enter? Tell me about that. Oh, that's a long time ago. No, I don't, I mean, do you ATA remember the moment? Well? Before 88, because well, he, well, he, the, the, the Pope came to Ferrara. The Pope? Yes. And the old man couldn't come because he was ill. He was oh in God, bed. Oh, God, really? He missed it. He spoke to him on the phone. I really? Oh, yeah. no. Can yeah. you remember when that was? That must have been 87, 86. Yes. 
because he died in 88. That's right, he did die. So, and I just started, so I'm telling you, it was within the year he died. Yeah. Went there. yeah. So we, we nearly went when the Pope was there. Yeah. No wonder he didn't want to see us yeah. much. No, I'm sorry, I've been joking. Yeah. But so you, you, were in, you saw him away from the factory or in the factory, do you think, the last time? No, away from the factory. He did come to the factory for a long time. When he was ill, okay. he never came. <clears throat> He'd like to stay. He said, I want to die in my own bed. Mm. Mm. And the doctors went there. They, they took the machines. Because he suffered, I think he had kidney problems. And that's where you saw him last week? I did go to his house, no. Oh, wasn't yeah. allowed in. Oh, wow. And so, do you remember, do you remember, did you talk on the phone the last time? I can't remember. Uh, I don't think so, because he wasn't that well and he didn't want to speak to anybody, he didn't want to see anybody, he was like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I spoke to Piero. That's how you were keeping in touch. <coughs> it must have been tremendously sad for you when he passed. Well, I, I tell you what, I was in Pebble Beach when he died. Were you? Yes, okay. and because it, it was August, he died on my birthday. My oh, birthday is the 15th of August. Yeah. He was buried on the 15th of August, died on the 14th. And I phoned Piero and I said, you want me to come home? He said, no, we've done it all. They buried him at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's what he wanted. Good in God. modern. He did because he didn't want all the fuss. He didn't mm. want all the people. He did it before anyone was awake. Mm. 6 o'clock. Mm. Just did it his way. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So just like in closing, Dad, if you, I'm going to ask you first. Like your, it was such an important part of, of your life, of your racing life. But why would, why was, I'm going to kind of ask you the same question, Brenda. Out of all these amazing people that have got involved in racing over the years, why for you was Enzo so special? I mean, what, yeah. Why? As briefly as I can, um, obviously he was the only name I ever read about because Ferrari was Ferrari. Yeah. The cars were red and he was this singular character that really was Mr. Motor Racing. And then somehow you always dreamt, I mean, I remember going to see the Italian Grand Prix in 1958, when I was 17, with my, with my dear old stepfather, and I, sat on the, and I sat in the grandstands overlooking the pit, overlooking the start line. And nine years later, I'm on the grid of that race, same race, nine years later, and that, but at that point, I didn't even know I was gonna even race. You know, that sort of thing, go, go, whoa, that was spectacular. So that was all part of the build-up to go to Ferrari, to see a red Ferrari and a dream that one day I'd own a Ferrari. And that's, it's amazing, really, because my, all my successes have come with Porsche. But there was, because I went to Ferrari first, it was my formative years, and he was a singular character who I met on numerous occasions. I mean, he, he did, you'd come and pick me up from the hotel, his secretary, I don't think it was you that would phone me, but somebody would phone and say, El Commander Tori's coming to pick you up. You're going to dinner with him tonight. And you go, do I really have to? Anyway, <laughs> and mainly because we had to speak French and it made my eating very difficult. <laughs> but um, it was nonetheless a great honor. And you know, the other thing I'll say before I finish, but was the fact that when we went into restaurants, we drove, I went, must have gone out half a dozen times with him in that short period. But he, for some reason, I think he liked British drivers more than others. I might be wrong, but, but there was something about it, probably because we couldn't speak the same language. But... <laughs> And literally, we, we get there, and I, he would drive in his Ferrari in, sh in his shirt sleeves and braces, as we call them. And we get there, and when we walked into the restaurant, he had opened the door for me and let me go through first. I mean, amazing, really, that he should be like that. But that's giving an insight probably to the other side of him, 
but it was just a race for Ferrari. It was spectacular and it, something that will always, despite whatever I did with any other manufacturer in the world, actually dr drive my first drive, professional drive, and the impetus and the impression that Ferrari put on me has been there for life, and I wouldn't have missed it for the world. I think it's the same with everybody. I mean, when I think to myself, the only woman, 199 men, and he chose me to be his secretary, yeah. that was an honour for me. Yeah. yeah. Totally. English girl. Yeah. It's astonishing, uh, isn't it? Because yeah. she wouldn't have women in the factory. No, no, I was the only one. Amazing. So, last words. What don't people know about him? What if you wanted... The, what, He's a very human person, very humble. He didn't like all the fusses and everything, you know? He did a lot for charity without anybody knowing. And he had a wonderful sense of humour. He said to me once, hmm, Best Formula One chassis. I said, engineer, I'm the only woman here. There's no, <laughs> there's no competition. Lovely. Yes. And I remember once, too, it was in August, you know, that we had three races in August. Nobody was around. Everything's closed in Italy in August. And I went into the office. I mean, I always used to wear a suit and a nice suit. He was very particular, you know. He watched, he looked at what you wore and what you did. And I went, it was August, and it was hot. I thought, oh, God, I put on a summer dress, and I put on a pair of those uh, sandals, just your big toe goes through. Yeah. Never again. <laughs> he, when he saw me, he said, where do you think you are, at the sea? Never went to the yeah. office like that I anymore. He used to wear shirts. Oh, amazing. Oh, okay. oh, I've got one last thing. What watch did he wear? Do you remember what he... Did he like watches? Ferrari yeah. watch, probably. No, it wasn't. Because <laughs> he gave Roger Bailey a watch from his did. drawer, and yes. I always wonder what road yes. watch that yeah, was. That was probably a Ferrari. He gave Ferrari me one, watch, too. Yes. I did something... I worked for him all day Sunday once, tapping out his... Uh, yeah discussion with the uh, he wanted it on paper so I had to type everything you know I had to wear a, a ear and a registered I taped yeah. it all I had to tape it all and on Monday morning I, he never said to you yourself thank you or da 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 I found a watch on my desk cordiali saluti Ferrari to thank me for what I've done thank on you. the Sunday fantastic wow. mm. I mean if you asked him I'm sure for anything to help if you needed help, or that, because lots of times he used to say, "Why don't my my uh, people who work for me my come and ask me themselves? I mean, how can you go up to ask? Mm, and yeah. for, I need ten thousand euros or something. Mm. Nobody would ever do that. I mean, I wouldn't even do it. No. And he used to say, "What well, if you need something? Why don't you ask?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in his heart, he would have done it. Yeah. Oh, Brenda, thank you so much for no, doing really, this. It's this a pleasure. Great. Good. And, so, and getting Dad here. And it's lovely to see your Dad. Yeah. I haven't seen him for ages. I know. Funny, we have to meet across the world somewhere, isn't it? I know. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. Came off the stage and there you were. And thank you, Veronica, for letting welcome. us come in your welcome. house. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for listening to Life With Legends and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, but don't forget to go to my website, lifewithlegends.com, to check out the portraits I've taken of my amazing guests, available as limited edition archival museum quality prints. I think they're quite special. And where I can, they have been signed by the legends themselves. Again, lifewithlegends.com, and I'll see you next week.